business build your own business raise your hand if you always wanted to own your own company um my hand was up ever since i was eight years old i wanted to own my own company i it's something i always wanted i i don't i just i just i just did i remember uh, at eight my big brother told me uh, little brother go out and make your own money so you can be independent from mom and dad and when you move out make sure you're making enough that you can stay out that you don't have to come back um and that to me translated into figuring out how to build my own business and uh, there were only so many options. I, I was talking to a, um, one of my son's friends just this past weekend, and he was asking me, he, he said, what, what caused you? He's doing a, a, a homework for an entrepreneurial class at school. Uh, but he asked me, he said, what caused you to get into the insurance business? What, what was it that got you into the insurance business? I said, oh, that's simple. I was broke. <laughs> he said, what? I said, yeah, simple. I was broke. That's how I got in the insurance business. Those who don't know the story. Uh, I, uh, I was trying to get several businesses off the ground with a couple of different friends. Uh, none of them were really working. And one day the friend told me to go get an insurance license. And I didn't want to. But he said, look, life insurance sales pays you about $500 a sale. And um, uh, it's like all you need is go get a license. It pays you 500 bucks a sale. You're broke. What are you complaining about? And so I said, good point. Uh, went and got my license. My first commission check was $1,800. Uh, then we started hiring and training other agents to do the same thing that I was doing, and, and, and the business has just taken off. We're over two decades at it now. But um, maybe you're like me, and you didn't have some grand idea for a widget. Um, I was listening to another podcast recently, and they were interviewing some, some folks in their early 20s uh, about what it takes to be successful, and they had a, a proper perspective. There's a lot of people in their 20s and 30s that are instant billionaires in the world today, and, and you know, or at least instant millionaires, and you know, the millionaires are making YouTube videos. And this, you know, what does it take to be successful in the world today? And the, the answer is the same thing it's always taken. It's not new uh, what it takes to be successful, uh, but you don't have to invent the new widget. You don't have to be a, a very popular YouTuber uh, in order to make millions. Uh, the, that's, those are still the exceptions. Uh, so today I want to take you first through my, my process of, of elimination. Uh, the math, math doesn't lie. That's what I love about math. And uh, my first option in uh, getting rich, <laughs> as I said it when in my teens, was real estate. I went to uh, a mentor down the road, was a farmer down the road that kind of treated me like a grandson, taught me how to fish and hunt and all that sort of stuff that little boys in the country should, should know. Uh, I, I attribute Mr. Trainum for teaching me that stuff. Well, when I went to him about how to make a million dollars, he recommended real estate. He just he kept repeating to me, "You gotta, you gotta, you know, buy a whole bunch of property and rent it all out." Bam, million dollars. He kept going to bam, million dollars. When he would tell me about real estate, I never could understand where I could get the money for all that real estate or where I was going to find all those people to rent it all out. I liked the idea of bam, million dollars, but I couldn't figure out the other two pieces. So then, this is this is where I realized uh, later I realized why I couldn't put it together. It's this math. And, and some of you guys, if you don't agree with this math, I'm getting it from friends who know the math. Uh, I've never been in the real estate business, so I don't really know the math. I'm just knowing what they know, right? So you may argue it, but this is what they said. Um, basically this, real estate, $100,000 investment. Let's, in most of the world, except for the West Coast, this may be a, a, 
a fairly average house in your area. Uh, I think in, in, in DFW, it's, it's a fairly average house in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Um, $100,000 investment to buy one of those to rent it out. Okay, well, that sounds great on the face of it, but I didn't have $100,000 to invest. I didn't have $100,000 sitting aside that I could invest. That was the problem I had with what Mr. Trainum was saying. I couldn't figure out how to buy the property. Well, oh, what you do is you just, you just get a loan for that. I didn't have the credit to get a loan for $100,000 to invest in this property. That was my first problem with this real estate math equation, $100,000 investment. But then it's $1,000 per month return. That's gross. So what I'm told, generally speaking, is if you invest $100,000 in a rental property in Dallas, for example, you get a nice little house, you spend a little money to fix it up, maybe you borrowed money to get that, your gross return is going to be $1,000 per month. Now, that's, you, gotta, you also have to pay the monthly payment on the, on the, the uh, loan that you got. And if you are making any kind of profit on that, you better save it in Texas because eventually you're going to have a heating and air conditioning issue that's going to need to be addressed or your tenants may die. Right? So I, I didn't like this example. Some of you guys watching this, you, you did the real estate example. You're still doing the real estate example. I just heard of a friend of mine that, uh, that has 100 real estate properties right now. I go, oh, my gosh, that's great. Um, I, I, I just, it just wasn't in me to do. Maybe that's the same for you. The second math equation here is this, savings. So I wanted to be a millionaire, right? And I wanted to be rich, and I wanted that since I was, as long as I can remember. Um, well, when, I first, when we first moved to Texas, made friends with a friend uh, who's still a friend, and his strategy was this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to save up $5 million. This is my friend telling me this. I still remember exactly where we were when he told me this the first time. I'm going to save up $5 million. I'm going to put it in tax-free municipal bonds that get 3% return every year. I'm going to make $150,000 a year tax-free for the rest of my life. Okay, tell me that again. He said $5 million is what I'm going to save up. He said, this is how Ross Perot did it. $5 million saved up, 3% on tax-free uh, uh, municipal bonds, and you're going to get $150,000 a year off of that. I said, I, I don't have a problem with where'd you get the $5 million? Like, I, 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 poof, like, I dream of genie, there's $5 million. How do you How do you find that $5 million? How does that come to you exactly? And uh, he didn't have an answer for that. I mean, at the time, I think he was making 50000 a year. I was like, you're not going to make $5 million in your lifetime, much less in enough time to make this. So let's just run through this savings example. You have a million dollars in the bank. In the bank, it should be in quotes. It's, you wouldn't really put a million dollars in the bank. You'd put it in some tax-free municipal bond, for example. And maybe it's getting a 3% interest on that. That's $30,000 a year or $2,500 per month. Okay. If just for a second we can get past the idea of saving up that million dollars to put in the bank, where are you going to get that from? If we can, if we can just assume, oh, we got that. Now the three percent interest, I don't know where you necessarily find that in today's world. And then thirty thousand dollars per year, you were able to save a million dollars, and thirty thousand dollars a year excites you, does it? Like that? That to me, there was there was too many problems with this. The biggest one was this. I, the rest of it, okay, but a million dollars in a bank? How am I going to save a million dollars? Third example, recruiting. This is what I saw and what I figured out, and I adjusted it because in my day, when I first started, I was recruiting using newspaper ads. 
Newspaper ads aren't really the way to go that, that, that much anymore. We use internet stuff. So the recruiting process, let's say if I want to hire another agent and ultimately teach them how to do what I'm doing, by the way, while I'm doing it, it's not like I have to separate my life and, and have separate training sessions for this person. I just show them what I'm doing while I'm doing it. $140 a week in Craigslist ads. 7,000, that's $7,280 over the course of the year. So $140 per week times 52, $7,280 over the course of the year. You don't have to come up with that $7,200 up front. Now, people ask me all the time about hiring staff and fits. I don't have enough money to pay them $30,000 a year. You're not paying them $30,000 a year. You're meeting payroll in two weeks. Nobody gets paid a year of their salary up front. You just got to make payroll in two weeks. Go sell something, man. Get it issued. Get paid. Pay your, sal your staff. Anyway. So you're not having to put the $7,300 all up front. It's $140 per week. Can you sell another child policy every week just to cover your advertising bill? 24 responses per week, that's going to get you. I'm not saying 24 interviews. I'm not saying 24 recruits. I'm saying 24 people on average are going to respond to your ads per week. That's 1,248 responses in a year. That's, if you could find one producer knocking out $10,000 premium per month, out of 13, almost 1,300 people, can you find one person that's $10,000 a month producer? Or could you find one person that them and their four buddies could add up to $10,000 a month in production? Five people totaling 10000 If you can, and you have a 10% spread, that's the difference between your contract and theirs, that's $1,000 per month income. It's going to take you seven months to get that in investment back. It takes you 12 months to make the investment, but you get the investment back really even before you're done making the investment. Seven months, the investment is paid off. The rest is gravy. $7,280 investment is $1,000 per month return. That's way better than $100,000 in real estate for $1,000 a month. Just making sense. This is the math I went through, and I was like, holy smokes. God, what if I was watching this weekend some of the top producers posting about how they spent $1,000 a week on leads for personal production. And that's awesome. That translated into them making $50,000, $60,000 a month in personal production income. That's $600,000, $700,000 a year in income from personal production. I thought to myself, what if? What if that person also put in $1,000 per week in advertising? $1,000 a week in in, in leads sounds wonderful. $1,000 a week in advertising sounds like you're building an empire. And the math plays out, my friend. The math plays out. Here's some non-hypothetical numbers. Uh, a few years ago at a national conference, uh, some friends and I tracked the income that people were making. We looked at this agency manager and what they got paid for the year and what their total recruits per agency were. So an example, um, when I say their recruits per, by their agency, uh, the FITS group at this point has developed over 20 different agencies. So when looking at these recruits per month in the agency, it would be the recruits I had outside of those 20 other agencies, right? So is it, is it you follow? So we're looking at the recruits per month in the agency, and we're looking at their income, the corresponding income. Now, the, the lower the recruits per month, the more likely it is that agency manager is still personally selling life insurance. And so that's going to be included in their income. This is not just override income. However, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You'll still see a correlation. So what we found 
was if that recruiter, if that agency manager was recruiting four to six per month in their agency, it could be somebody that they hired, hired a couple of people to count towards that four to six, but that agency manager was making 228000 a year on average. If that agency manager, if that agency was recruiting seven to 10 people per month, recruits, not I talk to this person, they may be interested. I'm talking about licensed, contracted insurance agents that can legally go sell our products today. Seven to 10 recruits per month in the agency translate into 309000 in income on average. 10 to 14 recruits per month in the agency turned into 489000 on average. 15 to 18 recruits per month in the agency. That agency manager is making $550,000 per year on average. 20 to 22 recruits per month in the agency, $585,000 per year on average. And 28 to 32 recruits per month in that agency, outside of any other agencies they developed, translated into $925,000 income that's sick if you're trying to decide whether recruiting pays off or not now fits don't i have to get them started yeah but you're thinking too much man you, 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 you're clouding your brain of course we have to teach them how we do what we do of course we have to get them contracted of course we have to hook them up with leads of course you have to teach them a phone script and on presentation of course you have to do all that stuff but look at the very basics of it if you can just figure out how to get your agency to account for 28 to 32 recruits per month $925,000 a year income. Well, I suck at training. Hey, if you're making $925,000, you probably hire somebody that's good at training. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, okay? Do you ever play with the numbers? I, I, I'm, I've become one of these spreadsheet nuts, freaks. I've been called a freak. It's okay. Um, I, I love spreadsheets. I love playing with numbers. Um, numbers don't lie. Math doesn't lie. Uh, as long as you write the right formula, of course, the math's going to produce the right numbers. But it, it is, I, I like playing with the numbers. And one of the things that, in playing with the numbers, I have to realize that our results aren't normal. Our results aren't normal. Every week in our Tuesday morning sales meeting that the Fitz Group does, we talk about a brand new producer that just went out and wrote their first app, and maybe it was $1,000 in premium this, this, that they just sold this week. And it's $1,000 annual premium. And they're going to make $500. That's $500. If they do it every week, that's $500 a week that person is making. And we act like that's nothing in the Fitz Group. And in, 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 our, in our world, we act like, oh, it's good, good job. Great way to go. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do you know how many people would have avoided bankruptcy last year with an extra $500 a month in their household budget? Half. Half of the bankruptcies last year could have been avoided with an extra $500 a month in their household budget. Half. Our results aren't normal. We act like people making 250, 300, 400, 600,000, a million dollar incomes, like that's all, oh, it's just, that's the norm around here. Yeah, it is the norm around here. It's not the norm in the world, man. We have a real opportunity at our hands, at our fingertips. 70% of Americans are looking for a side hustle. Where'd you get that number, Fitz? From Google. <laughs> in my research. But look at multiple places. They, I, mean, I see it in the Wall Street Journal. That's a fairly reputable source. That's 70%. Roughly, it's usually around that number of Americans are looking for a side hustle. 70% of Americans are either A, not making enough money at their current job, or B, 
they they have a, a future expenditure coming up, like a daughter's wedding or kids going off to college that they're trying to earn a little money for, or they, they just they're, they're tired of their job and they're looking for something else and they're hoping that if I can get something else off the ground, I can walk away from this job, but I can't walk away from this job because I have responsibilities. But if I get this up and going, I can walk away from this and do this. I don't know what the situation is, but 70% of Americans are looking for a side hustle. The three-foot rule. Knowing that 70% of Americans are looking for a side hustle, we should be employing the three-foot rule way more often. What's the three-foot rule? The three-foot rule is everyone, you speak to everyone within three feet of, of you about what you're doing, about what you do. And if you can't get to everybody within three feet of you, you make sure you're speaking loud enough so that those within three feet can hear you. That makes sense? Because here's the numbers. Play with these numbers yourself. Pull out a spreadsheet, pull out a legal pad, just, just jot down these numbers. Very part-time person, four sales per month or one per week. Okay, this is a very part-time person with us. Average sale, $900 annualized premium. Our average sale is over 1,000. I'm keeping these numbers conservative because I don't like to inflate numbers and create a false reality this is real, what I'm showing you. $900 average annualized premium. Now, let's be clear. Our bread and butter, who we are as a company, is selling life insurance to middle America. That's who we are. We spend our time with the masses so that we can live among the classes. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're making sure that average Joe doesn't lose their home when they die and their family always has a place to live. Average Joe is not being served in our world. In, in, in the life insurance industry. They're not serving middle America. That's our bread and butter. So what I'm quoting here is bread and butter. You may throw in an annuity sale. You might throw in an IUL. Maybe you do some Medicare sales here or there and hospital indemnity plans, all these ancillary products we have, and, and your average is way kilt, off, off kilter. But I'm just I'm keeping it basic, real simple. $900 average annualized premium. Now, I know there's different products pay different commissions, so I'm, again, keeping it super simple. Our basic product, $900 times four sales is $3,600 in premium for that month. Now, at a 55% commission is $1,980 per month. Well, I sold a product that didn't fully pay the 55%. I know different products pay different things. It's part of the industry. We have over 80 different products. But the bread and butter products do pay that. That's $1,980, $1,980 per month, or $23,760 of annualized income. If you're walking down the street and you saw $24,000 just sitting on the sidewalk, would you pick it up? <laughs> I mean, 24 banded $1,000 bands, would you, would, you, would you pick that up? Dang right I'd pick it up. Who wouldn't want to make an extra $24,000 a year? Everybody. That's a very part-time income for us. Well, check this out. Let's say that very part-time income still doing his sales gets promoted to the 75% commission. Why? Because they're doing work. They're working. They're getting results. They get promoted. That's what happens around here. That's $32,000 annual income just from getting the promotion from 55 to 75. 32,400 annualized premium. Now watch this though. They start building a real small team. This is why I emphasize team to people because watch. If, they, if this, this person over here hires four of their buddies and teaches them how to do this over here, that's $900 per sale premium times four sales is $3,600 per month in premium times four of their buddies doing it. That's $14,000 in premium. So you, you, 
This part-timer over here is doing personal production about 2700 a month. Hired four people to teach them how to do the same thing, throwing in another 14000 no, 3614000 okay? Now, let's say you have a 20% spread. When you're building, you should maintain a 20% spread on your business. That means the difference between you and your team should be 20%. Whether that's you're at 100 and they're at 80, or you're at 75 and they're at 55. 20 is the difference always, right? That's where you need to be. So 14400 times a 20% spread is $2,880 per month. Check it out. $34,000 annual income. You're personally, a part-timer is personally producing one app a week and making 32000 They taught four of their buddies how to do it and making 34000 from that. Now, did this person have to learn how to train and do PowerPoints and all that sort of stuff? No, this person just said, hey, come over to the house and watch me make dials. This person just said, hey, why don't you go ride with me on this appointment? See what I do. That's the, how the training worked. It wasn't complicated. These four buddies got their license, started doing what he's doing, she's doing, Bam, 34000 that this person is making on top of their thirty-two. That's a total combined income of 66960 Does that math blow your mind? It blows my mind. I look at that math and I go, holy crap. That's ridiculous money. And that's why when I hire a new agent, I, I don't care if they want to write one sale a year or one sale every hour. That, that's irrelevant to me. It's more relevant to them. I'm just going to help support them in that effort. But to double their income, I'm also trying to help find four or five friends that are going to do the same thing because it works out. And I'm trying to help people make money. What does it take to be a partner? So what does it mean to be a partner? First of all, a year and a half ago, uh, the Alliance, who we formed back in 2002, was, was bought by Integrity Marketing. And uh, what Integrity Marketing does is they come in and Right now, they're buying insurance agencies that are you know, revenueing X amount of dollars. And we can talk about more, more about that in detail. But that, what it means is you can build up a business that another company is going to spend millions buying from you. <laughs> and then you get to keep running the business and keep getting paid. It's crazy. Okay? So what does it take to be a partner? Check it out. Number of producers per month. You need 15 producers per month to do $100,000 of annual premium monthly. These are just the averages. Maybe you need 20, maybe you only need 10, but the averages are that you need 15 producers turning in business every month. That may mean you have 20 and only 15 of them issued business this month, and and that gets you $100,000 in premium. At a 20-point spread, that makes you $250,000 a year. To be a partner with integrity, you're going to need to run a million dollars a month month in volume. I mean, I'm just a million dollars income rather sorry a million dollars in annual income Um, and that's I'm kind of glossing over it and keeping it very vague but we can get into details if you like but the math there is if you need a million then the multiple there is four okay just doing some basic uh, algebra from ninth grade where 250 x equals a million x solve for x x equals four all right so now we're doing that across the board here and we got four here so if if you were going to make a million dollars uh, a year in income with a 20% spread, you need to be doing $400,000 a month in premium, which means, again, you need 60 producers. There's the math. You need to find 60 people that will turn in production every single month. You'll be making a million dollars a year and, being getting in, in, and will be bought out by a multi-billion dollar company and made partner, managing partner in that company. 
Does anybody know what this picture is? It's not super clear. Do you know what that's a picture of? It's a picture of one of my secret uh, loves. I love this TV show called Gold Rush on the History Channel. And what you got here is a plant. They dump dirt in here, okay? It goes up this conveyor belt and spills over into here. And it's pouring, siphoning out rocks. This is a shaker deck, they call it, where they're getting the big rocks out. And then there's water flowing through this as well. And you can see that the big, the big rocks are going to come over here and go out this conveyor and, and go over to a big rock pile. But this is where the rest of the dirt comes through with the water. And it's washing down what these are called riffles, right? So there's this little, this little shapes in there that kind of catch gold. This is my image of what it takes to get those 60. You're not going to hire 60 people and bam, make a million dollars. You're going to have to hire a whole lot more than that. How many? I don't know. I know that I have been putting tons and tons and tons of dirt in this machine for a couple of decades. And we found some pretty significant gold. Just look at who's in the organization. We've got some gold. We want to find more gold. We put more dirt in there. Now, if, we, if we're putting it in too fast and the water's coming out too fast, we're going to lose some of that gold. If we're putting in, if the water's not, not, not fast enough, then, then you're not going to be able to move the dirt through. You're not going to catch the gold. It's, it, you're going to have to fine-tune some things, but it starts with putting the dirt in there. I watched this show, and the first time I saw this show, I was like, this is our business. They're, they're spending thousands of dollars a day to put tons and tons and tons of dirt through this machine in order to find this little bitty ounce of gold. And I thought, that's exactly what we do. And I watched this show because it inspires me. I see these guys doing it all the time. They're constantly thinking, how can I put more dirt through the machine at, at, at a faster rate without losing the gold and catching all the gold? How can I do that? And, and does it make sense if I spend this, that I'm, I can produce this much more and I get this much more gold out of it? Does that all that make sense? I love it. It inspires me because I think the same thing. And that's what this is all about. And I watch the show and I ask myself, is it worth it to them? Is it worth it to those gold miners? I'd say so. They've been doing it for decades. The question is, is it worth it here? Is the cost worth the reward? I think so. Been doing it a couple of decades. I know lots of people have been doing it a couple of decades, making lots of money. I think it's worth it too. I hope that challenges you to think differently. Uh, maybe about, about what you've been doing or what you want to do. Uh, maybe this is an option you haven't considered before and now your eyes are open to it. Anyway. I hope that helps, and if I can help you in any way, if I can help you process that dirt <laughs> and find that gold, I'm happy to do it. Please let me know, uh, and uh, let's schedule a time to talk. Hope that helps. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.